Get ready for brilliant people, brilliant ideas, and a regular good time. This is Brilliant Thoughts with Success People editor Tristan Almada, the show that thinks about how personalities, relationships, and communication shape business success. And now here he is, Tristan Almada. This guy is one of my favorite authors. It's Bob Berg. The author of The Go-Giver, the whole series, amazing best-selling series. And we talk about his book, obviously, but we also go on a tangent here. We talk about his reading habits and his routine. This is a fun one. It's short. It's fun to the point. You're going to love this one. Welcome back to another episode of Brilliant Thoughts, a success podcast. And today I have Bob Bird, Bob, for joining us, buddy. How are you? Thanks for having me, Tristan. Great. How- Good, man. It's been a while since we talked. The last time it was on Lab Code Agents, and now I've got your success. How's life treating you? Life is terrific. Hope the same with you and yours. It's it's good. Now, you 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 just not coming back, man. Your book was written a little bit ago, but a lot of people that I talk to are so heavily influenced by your book and did you ever envision having this much influence when you wrote your first book well so my my first book was written back well i guess about 1994 i think it came out i'm not sure how many years ago 25 years or something like that a little Mm -hmm. longer i guess um and you know it 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 it, well it's it sold a few hundred thousand copies or or so um wow yeah uh as far as the, you know, having the kind of impact the go-giver, which was co-authored with John David Mann, of course, fantastic yep. storyteller and, and the parable, uh, you know, we thought there'd be a market for it. We thought we'd do well. Um, I, I'm not sure if you, you ever know what's going to kind of have the, the that it has, because mm-hmm. a lot of that is up to how many people find it you know, and how many people pass it along to others and promote it themselves. And this one, you know, happens to be one that has done that. So, uh, you know, I always go into any project feeling confident that it's going to, that it's going to hit and it doesn't always, but (laughs) (laughs) you have confidence. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. But fortunately this one has, you know, has, has taken off well. So I I noticed that with different, different time periods, because your book's been out for a little bit, uh, the, the culture changes. And through COVID, a lot happened with people and there's a big split. But when it comes to the business idea with Go-Giver, do you think that people approach the book differently now that they're reading it post-COVID or when we're still in the middle of it towards the end of it? I'm not sure if they're they're reading it differently, but I think what they what they get out of it is probably even more of that sense of if I'm going to succeed in my business, if I'm going to survive, uh, you know, not just thrive, I mixed up survive and thrive. I'm not going to really survive, but thrive. It is a good one. Um, then I need to find a way to bring value to others in ways that I hadn't thought of before. Because if you notice, those are the people who survived and thrived or survived, whatever the word I made up. That, that was a really good word, man. <laughs> Can we copyright that? You know? we're, we're doing it for you. <laughs> so, um, um, 
So, you know what I'm saying? And so that's what the people did who were really successful during COVID. They found a way to, uh, you know, you hear the word pivot all the time and you hear, or you can say call an audible or whatever you want to say, but they found a way to bring immense value to others in a way that maybe they hadn't before or hadn't thought of or hadn't had to, to have thought of before. That's so interesting. It's so true because we saw so many different businesses pop up during COVID and, and they're still popping up, right? And, and they're coming from a whole different sense of, of value. They're like, they're rethinking things. And that came, I think, Bob, you, you saw the same thing here. You had two sets of people, one that panicked and said, wow, this is crazy. I don't know what's going to happen next. And would kind of shell them, themselves in, right? And then the other one that said, whoa, what's happening here? How can we make this better? Not not just for myself, but for other people, right? Well, it had to be for other people because yeah. you know no one's going to pay you to do something good for yourself. And so, <laughs> that's you know, that's so a good point. We're just talking human nature. That's a good point. So, yeah. so so yeah, people came up with all sorts of ways to to meet the needs of the marketplace, and that's what that's what people do. That's true, man. That's true. So through now through the last two years, how have you seen the book? the go-giver change certain lines, because I, I'm pretty sure you get messages saying, Bob, thank you so much for writing this. This is amazing. Thank you for your principles. What have you seen stands out the most over the two years? Uh, you know, it's the emails that we, that re, we receive from people just telling us that they came to realize even more so that it, it wasn't about them, that it was about, you know, giving value to the marketplace. I, I'm not sure if they always say give value to them. That might be more my term, but mm -hmm. sort of summarizing it. But but that's what it comes down to. You know, it, it always does. Um, and, and I think that's what I think that's what people have gotten out of it even more. Now, there's always the parts of the, you know, the book where you talk about the law of receptivity, right? And, about, and yeah. those are still probably more than any other message we get is that the fifth law is what has allowed them to receive and feel good about it because they had had those money issues and that that unconscious sort of pushing it away and those sort of things. So, so the law of receptivity is still something that, but when it comes to the actual building of their business, I, I think what happens is they see through the story, uh, through Joe's shift in focus, that you've just got to be able to find ways to serve others. It, it doesn't work any other way. All right. And, and the five laws are, the, I'm reading it right now, so I don't get it wrong. But the, <laughs> the law of value, number two, the law of compensation, number three, the law of influence, number four, the law of authenticity, and number five, the law of receptivity, which you just talked about. Now, I have a question about the law of value sure. because some people have a challenge just getting started. Where, because they overthink everything, right? Where would we start when it comes to, to value? Where would you suggest somebody say, hey, look, this is, this is, take a step back. This is what you do. Any advice you can give in regards well, to where we would start with that? In, in in terms of the product or service itself, in terms of building the business itself, and in what regard? In terms of looking at your current business mm -hmm. and where you want to go. Okay, well, so we could take that from a few different different um, starting points. Uh, one is, you know, it's very important to to know what your business is about and 
where you want it to go. What, what's your purpose? What's your reason for being in business? Uh, you know, that has to do obviously with your vision that has to do with your purpose that has to do with your mission that has to do with all those things we all, you know, we all know about, but that's certainly the most important thing. And what is it you desire to accomplish, to accomplish through your, your business? Uh, what is the value you want to share with the world? How do you want to make the world better? And how do you want to make a great living as a result of doing so? So all those things we've mm. got to, to start with that. Right. We, we, there's nowhere True. to go before we 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 know that. So if if that's something that a, a person is having trouble with right now, my suggestion is to get with your coach or get with someone who, you know, who who can maybe help you in that regard. Someone, you know, like and trust and respect and who's been there and done that and will take time to, to counsel you in that in that regard. Um, now, the, you know, the next step is the, 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 the business building aspect of that. Well, you've got to know uh, who your customers are. You've got to know who the customers are you want to serve. Um, you know, I call it the, the marketing bridge. Do they need it? Do they want it? And can they afford it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you begin with, mm-hmm. do they, do they need what you have to offer? And by the way, you may have a product that has nothing to do with need. It's simply want. So you can skip need in that, in that. Part. But if it's a if it's a product you have of need, do they need it? Okay, now if the answer is yes, now it's do they want it? Because if they don't necessarily want it, but you know it's great for them to have, now you've got a choice. Do you do you try to create a market of people who don't want it yet, but you're willing to take that time, that energy, that the money, the investment, and in all these different ways in order to, you know what I'm saying? That's uh, true. Or do you That's say, true. you know what, they need it, but they don't want it. I'm going to move on to another niche market that both needs it and wants it. Because, um, you know, you're going to find if they don't want it, they also can't afford it, right? Because but, <laughs> but I, I can't afford anything I don't want, right? You know, <laughs> That's true. So, so do they need it and do they want it? Then if they need it and they want it, can they afford it? Obviously, if it's not a marketplace that can, that can afford your product or service, that's not the right you know, marketplace. So uh, I think we've got to decide that. Now, once we have the answer to these now in terms of building the business, we, we look for those people, we look for those groups, and we look for the people who are connected to those groups, right, who, um, uh, to whom we can, we can bring value. Value, sure, through the 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 intrinsic aspect of our product or service, what's it going to do for them that makes their life better or what have you? Uh, also, you know, can we add value in ways that have to do with with our excellence and consistency and attention, empathy, appreciation? Are we able to to help mm. them in other ways that that help build the know, like, and trust relationships? So there are all there are all sorts of aspects. You know, when it comes to what are we going to do with our business in order to create one that's really fulfilling and very profitable? Well, there's there's part of that that I still find that some people have a challenge with. You mentioned in the book something along the lines of when you when you focus on giving value uh, as a way of life, that's when you start growing. And there was something I paraphrased it, obviously, Uh, how. How is it that people can begin to look at life that way? Because I find that it's a challenge. It's a big mind shift for people to say, I'm going to approach life by just giving more and more value. What have you noticed helps in that? Sure. So there are, there are some people who just by their very nature 
They want to give value to others. They want to make the world a better place. They truly care about their customers and clients and they want to do well by them. And, and, you know, then we say, well, money is an echo of value, right? You focus on the value you're providing others and the money is simply a natural result of the value you're providing. And that's very easy for some people because they really want to, that is their heart. That's where they are. Then you've got some people who, as you're talking about, they're not really, that that's not natural to them to have that focus on others. And we can say, well, do you mean they're self-interested? Yeah. But you know what? We're all self-interested. Okay. That this is human nature. We're all self-interested. Even that person who they truly want to just bring value to others, Mm -hmm. they're self-interested because that's congruent with their values. They feel happy about themselves. They feel good about themselves when they're doing well for others. Okay. So we're all self-interested. We all seek happiness on a, both a conscious, but mainly unconscious level. Okay. So what about those people who, you know, are kind of more focused on themselves, right? Because that's, that would not be the go-giver way. The go-giver way is to be focused on others, focused on bringing immense value to others, right? Understanding not only is that a more fulfilling way of conducting business, it's the most financially profitable way as well. Why? Because when you're that person whose focus is not on yourself, but on helping on serving others, helping discover what they need, want, and desire, helping solve their challenges, helping bring them closer to happiness, people feel good about you, right? People want to get to know you. They like you. They trust you. They want to be in relationship with you. They want to do business with you. They want to tell others about you. That's fine. But what about that person who that's not their focus? Okay. So then we've got to, to help them to, to kind of understand why taking the focus off themselves is actually in their own self-interest. Okay. So for example, and and I often bring up the the statement, I say this when I speak at sales conferences, I'll say, nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet. Okay. They're not going to buy from you because you need the money and they're not going to buy from you even just because you're a really nice person. (laughs) They're going to buy from you because they believe they'll be better off by doing so than by not doing so. So if you're a salesperson whose focus is on yourself and you approach that presentation thinking only about getting their money into your pocket, well, you're going to come across that way. You know, it's, it's difficult mm-hmm. to hide that. You're going to be, you're going to be, you know, you'll ask questions, but you'll, you're not really listening. <laughs> you know, you're more yeah. thinking, how can I use that to sharp angle into a close, right? When they have objections, you're going to be a little defensive because these objections are getting in the way of my money, right? You're mm. going to be closing too early and too often. And you're going to have that, what we call commission breath, right? And, and they're going to know this and they're much less likely to do business with you. Now, let's say that, that, you know, you're still the same person who, who, you know, your, your focus is really on yourself by nature. That's who you are. And again, that's okay. There's no judgment there. People are people. And, but now what you're going to do is you're not going to deny your self-interest, but you are going to temporarily suspend your self-interest. And now you're going to go into your presentation with a total, absolute laser focus on bringing immense value to that person. You're going to ask questions and you're going to really listen. 
You're going to listen so that you can understand them and you're going to tactfully, diplomatically clarify what they say to make sure that you're understanding what they mean. Okay. Um, when there's an objection, you're going to welcome it and you're not going to try to use canned responses to objections because you know that those probably aren't even the real objections. Okay. Those are just the manifestations of, of the actual objection. So you're going to not try to overcome the objection, but you're going to work within the correct context of the objection. And you're going to work with that person in order to advance the process. Uh, you're going to make sure that you know what they need, want, and desire, and that only then will you connect the, the benefits of your product or service with those needs, wants, and desires. And then by the time you ask for the order, you're simply asking them to take action on something they've already told you they want to do. Mainly, though, they know you've been listening and they know that you have their well-being at heart. And then I'd say, are they you know, more likely or less likely to want to do business with you? And the answer is probably much more likely. Now, if you can do that, even before you really feel like doing that, a couple of things are going to happen. One, you're going to see that you're much more successful. Okay. Secondly, you're going to start feeling great about it because there is no better feeling for a salesperson or entrepreneur to know that you have touched another person's life in a way that's going to make a big positive difference to them. Interesting. And I think when, when you start doing that, that becomes that becomes reasoning enough on its own because it's so rewarding because we're always looking to be rewarded, but you just said, you know, that, that does it. How do we, how have you noticed that people that have a challenge giving first can shift to be able to actually give first? Because you said we, we've got to do it even, even though we know that even though we want to just interrupt instead of listen, right? How can we do that better? Is there something that can help us become more aware of certain situations where we do that? Well, the, the person who, who you were saying, you know, how do, we, how do we help them to get to that point where they're placing their focus on the other person instead of themselves, even though it's not natural, they first got to understand why it's going to help them to do it. Because mm -hmm. let's face it, unless a person knows there's a problem, they're not in a position to be able to, to do something about it. Yeah. That makes sense. And you mentioned that earlier. How does this, how does this benefit me? I think we need to shift that and say, well, look, long-term, this is what it is. I, I love that. So Bob, what are, what are you currently working on that, that helps people out besides these amazing talks that you do? And thank you for doing this. Do you have any masterminds or any events that we could participate in live or online? Yeah, we have a uh, Go-Giver Success Alliance online mentorship community. It's really a membership community, but we call it a mentorship community because really we all mentor one another. It's a lot of successful people who we get on there every week with each other and, and just exchange ideas and, and troubleshoot for each other and strategize and collaborate. It's really fantastic. And that's just one aspect of it. We're 24-7 in terms of the... Uh, where where would we go to check that out? I'm actually curious here. So it's Go-Giver without the hyphen, go-giver-success-alliance.com. Or if they go to Berg, B-U-R-G.com and scroll down to the people at the coffee shop, which is Rachel's, as you know, from reading the book, they can click on, on that. And uh, we also have a... Um, uh, 
Endless Referrals, The Go-Giver Way online course, which is about nine and a half hours with something like 77 different modules that people can do at their own course, uh, at their own um, um, at their own pace. And okay. this is where I've taken everything about the go-giver and endless referrals, and I've put it into this, this program. So it's been, uh, and that's endlessreferrals.com. Nice. I'm going to check that out and I'll put it in the notes too, so that Thank people you. can check that out. So how have you, you use the word pivoted and that, that's an often, that's a word we use often or shifted. Uh-huh. How have you pivoted over the last two years with your business? Well, with me, I was, I was sort of lucky because I was already in the process of putting certain things together, you know, when COVID hit. Uh, and for the last few years, I've been doing less and less speaking engagements on the road. So I had had it limited down to about 20 anyway. And so it, it really didn't bother me when, when all of a sudden they were, you know, my heart breaks for everyone who it did hurt, of course. But with me, it just, you know, as you get older, I'm, I'm now I just turned 64. As you get older, less things bother you, you know, because they don't have to at, at that point. But uh, so I'm very fortunate. I do my business more out of enjoyment now, uh, but I have done a lot of, um, uh, you know, through si- you know, through the computer uh, keynotes, virtual, keynote. virtual, yep. and I do a, I do a lot more of them. I'm still, still trial. I'm still, I'm now doing twelve out of state engagements a year. So I still want to keep my hand oh. in doing the traveling. So, okay. um, yeah, so I still do those, but I only take one of those a month. Mainly, it's just now, it's just uh, virtual. And so, um, you know, so, so I did that. And then, uh, we were in the process of putting together the online, um, membership mentorship community. But what COVID did is it just said to my business partner, Kathy Tajanal and I, um, you need to do it now. <laughs> so we did. <laughs> Speed it up. <laughs> That's so funny. It's, it's so true. It's so true. So how do you remain focused on the things that you're working on any any routines that you have that are consistent that help you remain where you're wanting to go like priorities how do you focus on those priorities well i'm all routine in in terms of when i get up in the morning and and so forth and i pretty much know what i'm going to do during the day uh but that's just personally how i i like to operate it provides me a sense of freedom to know i don't have to think about a lot of those a lot of those things but i think the biggest thing that keeps me excited is that i just love what i do you know i just i just love this i i get to participate in what i love so i'm always reading and i'm always listening and always attending and always you know so um yeah it's just i have a lot of fun i have a question bob and this is just for for me and obviously everybody else listening in, but when it comes to your routine, is there something on there that you, that you've done over the years that has really helped you the most? Like, is there something that you go through and say, you know what, this part of my routine, even though all of it's great, this part has really elevated me. Oh, I'd say it's making sure to read, to not skip that part. And where does that, where does that fit into your routine in the morning? Middle of the day, afternoon, evening? Well, so always in the morning, but often during other times during the day, but always in the morning. Nice. I want to get that good energy. I want to get that good knowledge and wisdom into my head. And 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 what does reading look like to you? Is it do you do you read fiction, nonfiction, a mix? And do you take notes and do you go back to your books? What does that look like for you? Oh yeah. Um 
I take a lot of notes. Oh man. So for those of you who are not so. watching, because you can't, <laughs> he, he's showing me one book that's got, I don't even know, a hundred or more uh, little notes on the edges of the top of the book. Wow. Now the, the reason there, there's also a special reason for this one. This is, this one is peace, power, and plenty by Orson Sweat Martin. He, he was actually the founder of success magazine. Yes. And this book was, this is one of the originals that was written, uh, I think 1906. And it is just, it's, it's old and it's. Wow. And it's, Dude, is that like yeah. first edition right there? I, I, I think it is. And wow. so I didn't have the heart to write in it. Usually I take, notes. <laughs> so I makes take sense. notes in the book and I also highlight, but I just wrote everything I wanted to on the yellow sticky notes. Cause That's I, I so cool. Now, and you get a book like this, Simon Sinek's Leaders Eat Last. A lot, yes. lot of great notes in there on the, the yeah. lot of stickies, but there's also lots of highlights, notes, underlines, and so ah. forth. So it, it just depends on the books. You know, some books are meant to be marked up and notated and highlighted and everything, and others are not as much. But, um, but yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm not a fast reader, but I'm a pretty thorough reader. Uh, and, and do you ever go back to read those notes. Do you have something that allows you to go back and reflect on that? Sure. So something like Nathaniel Braddon's The Art of Living Consciously. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, you know, I'll put notes so that I know there's certain things that I definitely want to see and definitely want to read again. So like for this one right uh -huh. here, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually rereading this right now, okay. but I put, uh, uh, a note to myself on page uh, 21 and continue through. And it talked about what he's talking about on there. So I'll know to look for that. So yeah, I, I, again, it, it just depends on, on the particular book. Dude, I, I love that. I love that because it, it gives a lot of insight as to, well, you've done it for so long and so well that it can help us shortcut a lot of the things that we're trying to achieve as well. Yeah, so Bob, thank you so much. Anything else you want to add here? We're at the, the top of here of 30 minutes. You're so gracious for coming on. We always appreciate your time. Anything else you're working on that we should know about? Uh, no, not really. Well, we have our, uh, at, at the time that you and I are speaking, we have our next, Kathy and I have our next Entrepreneurs Academy Beyond the Mastermind coming up. That will be in Jupiter, Florida. We limit those to just eight people. Whoa. Uh, because yes, yeah, so we have two master coaches that come in along with Kathy and me, and it is two days of really going into depth in people's business. People have breakthroughs from that. So, so yeah, we're, we're excited about putting that together. We usually do those every three months. Wow. Eight people. Yeah, that's it. All right. Where do we go to check that out? Uh, that would be at uh, gogiverentrepreneursacademy.com. And if, if, if a person goes to berg.com and it, it goes to where it says work with Bob, it will be under, under there as well. And Bob, where do, where do you gravitate to on social media? Do you use social media? I do. Um, where should um, we find you? Uh, I would say, um, and I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm multitasking to make sure I gave you the right uh, URL. Yeah. Go give her. Yeah, not with an S. Go give her entrepreneursacademy.com. My apologies. Um, I'm I'm on, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, but mainly LinkedIn. That's where I, I invest LinkedIn. a lot of my time. Yeah. Got it. I'll make sure. That, so if you have any questions for Bob, reach out to him on LinkedIn, message him. He'll get back to you. It's the real Bob there. So 
<laughs> Bob, thanks so much. I appreciate your time, man. Oh, my pleasure. Always, always great speaking with you. Those are all the brilliant thoughts that we have for you today. If you like what you're hearing, drop us a review or just tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it.